been blessings and a trial at you know at the same time. So that's life, man. That's life. But the blessings are there at least. So we, you know, that's what we take solace in. Yeah, but, uh, it, yeah. I mean, in, in personal life, I mean, things are getting better, but. I've been getting news about family, you know, getting sick and sometimes and passing. Um, like within the last year, on my dad's side, I lost three of my uncles and one aunt. Mm. You know, we weren't really all that close, but it's still like, damn. Um, you know, they've kind of. Really, you don't want to hit nothing like that, yeah. Yeah. So that's been kind of, yeah, that's been kind of the. Is that, that more like the. The Charlotte side or the south southern side of your family? If you want to call it, I don't know, the original the Mississippi side, I mean it's the it's the Barksdale side for lack of a better term. Um well I mean, yeah, well that's it's that side of the family. Um yeah. They've uh have like I said lost three uncles in the last year. Um out of the four, because there was only four of them, with the exception of my great uncle, uh that was still a lit living. And then one aunt. Mm. So, yeah, I feel I feel like being well. I'm not the only child, but like I've lived a lot like an only child. But being like not not having been part of a big family, like you know that has lived together all their lives. Like I feel for like people who have been part of that and lost like a lot of siblings like my mom like yeah it's down like it's down to her and one brother and one sister it was like eight of them yeah I, that was the case on my maternal on my my maternal side my grandmother it's just her and one brother left she's it's her and then it's one brother who's based out here yeah. and he ain't in the best shape um i mean what is he i guess he's like 80 or 81 i mean she just turned 79 mm. So yeah, he ain't he ain't too hot. So I guess it's one of the challenges getting old, uh, especially amongst us. Um, you know, just just getting old in general, I guess. You know? yeah. J.R. Bay joined us, our special guest for our return show here. What's going Back on? At it. I had to switch up because yeah, you look a lot better now. That right, the Wi-Fi was. The Wi-Fi at my uh, father-in-law's crib ain't the best. Okay. And I got the kid with me, too, so I might pop in. You might see me move around being the dad. Yeah, man, we we was getting into some of that talk, you know, when you uh, came off, came off, off uh, on and offline there before the show. And, you know, me and Dave got to talking a bit about getting old. I mean, I, how, how are you feeling about getting old, man. Cause I don't know how. Do you feel older now with with, oh, with your three boys and everything? Or do yeah, they I just give turned thirty nine. So as you see, got my man here. But I just turned thirty nine. Um, right. Two, two on the twenty first. Um, I just started to feel kind of old because now I'm at the age of where, like, I remember when my father was 39. Mm. I remember these ages now and remember calling him old. And now I'm at the old <laughs> age. So it's like, it's like, God damn. 
I'm, 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 I'm at those ages where I was messing with my father and my uncle and some of their friends and that thing, calling them old. And now I'm that. Do I feel it? I feel it body wise. Not really. It'd be like aches and pains here, there, whatever. It's really just mind state stuff now because I'm at the age of where my father was at certain periods of time. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, you start to do some of those comparisons now and like life stuff and life stages and stuff. And it's, it's weird. Like, I'm, I'm nowhere on the path that my pops was. Like, my pops had like three kids. By the time he was my age, I don't have any kids. <laughs> he was he was a military guy. Like he was retired from the military, like just about when he was my age. I'm 37 now. And uh, you know, I'm I'm still like kind of trying to find myself in a lot of ways, but it's it's weird, like it's it's like I've I've had a career and I've lost it. I, I feel like, and then I'm, I'm trying to regain it. Like I don't know, there's a lot of things, but you know, I, I'm glad to have you two brothers on, and um, because of that, because you know, Dave, you know, for people who follow our show, you know, we took a break just before Dave and his wife gave birth to their third child. You know, you just gave birth to a third child with your wife, and uh, you know. Dave, speak speak about little Idris, man. Idris Muhammad Evans. <laughs> and, uh, about welcoming him, yeah. welcoming him to the world. Oh yeah, I mean he, you know, for a long time I did the Heisman on my wife about having a third child. I mean our two, which are six and soon to be five, was kicking our ass. So the idea of a third child for me was a, a lot of weight. Um, so you know, we got. I guess we got to a point where. You know, my wife's older than I am, so we got to a point where it's either now or never. And um, I guess last year, we found out in the fall, we found out that she was expecting. And yeah, was it five weeks ago? He got here, and uh, he's been healthy, thank God. Um, he's been pe- he's been peaceful, uh, which is really what you can pray for with my kids. Like I said, my kids are the equivalent of, you know, if I had a kid, vice lords and gangster disciples, or, or or bloods and crips and colors, when especially when it comes to bedtime, it's just like fuck going to bed. So, um, you know, I just pray for Dries to be healthy and uh, peaceful. But, you know, because <laughs> yeah, because that's pretty much that's all I ask for. Like, you know, every everything else you can kind of manage. I, like I said, man, he either gonna be the world's sexiest man or or great jazz. Uh, musicians, I, I know, take, with that name. So I, he, I, I take, he's giving I, them some, you know, set them on a good path. I, I, I take. I hope the jazz musician, you know, for more, <laughs> for more of his mother's sake than mine. Um, you know, especially being with our cultural differences. You know, him him being a ladies' man probably is not going to fly. Uh, so, yeah, I, I hope the jazz musician. I mean. Bang, so, bang, can you can you get Dave any advice on raising boys since you got three of them? Um, how many you got? I, I got three, two girls. I got a okay. Five. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, I just want to make sure no matter what you you playing, you're not you're playing a zone defense. You're not playing. You're not playing man to man no more. You're playing zone defense. 
<laughs> so, so it's lucky, lucky, luckily you only got one boy because they active. So I think, I think. Well, how old are your daughters first? Uh, six and one is soon to be five. Okay, so you kind of in a similar boat to me as me because my oldest will be seven in August. Um, my middle child just turned two, and the youngest, of course, is what six weeks. Um, I guess my advice is to utilize the oldest daughter. Yeah. And and what I mean by that is she's going to she's going to be the protector. Like women are always the protector and they always and and for the like a lot of people in my family, you know, it's the girls who protect us. So she's going to be the protector. So that's what I mean by like utilize your daughter. Because your daughter's gonna make sure that he stays in line. At the same time, however, she's going to be the example other than the parents of what he wants to see from a girl. Whether it is a teacher, whether it is a mate, like it's gonna be the mother and it's gonna be the sister. And the sister gonna be the protector and make sure that whoever he surrounds himself with they supposed to be for him. If not, she's probably gonna beat him up. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I no, I mean those is no, those are definitely some great insights. It's been interesting. The middle, my my soon to be five year old has been the more of the protect or the, the caring and protective one. My oldest one is she's like, oh he's cute and then kind of goes back to doing her thing. Like she <laughs> like, you know, we're most we're during um you know, I guess our holiday uh, Eid two months ago, my wife got her a Barbie dream house. And like, that's the only thing she's been like caring, uh, focused oh, yeah. on the oldest. So the little one is the, the youngest one is the one who's paying attention to the baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, she got a Barbie. If she got a Barbie dream house, it's a wrap. Yeah. She don't really care about much yeah. else. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's like us with a video game. Yeah. That's that was good. I mean, it's, it's good to it's good to hear y'all bonding over that. I, I'm I wish I'm I'm looking forward to uh you know because Dave is out in California, so uh you know he he's also there's also a thing of returning back here to Chicago, which uh you know I could see with you too, because you know Bang has returned permanently back to the city after a few years being gone. You know, Dave. I know Dave ain't coming back permanently to Chicago for a while, if if if, I, if you ever. Know, I don't, but, you know, like <laughs> I, I I get the updates from my brother and my father, and every time I talk to my old man, like I get more gray in my beard. He be stressing me out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, are you looking forward to coming back, though? Oh yeah. I, I, oh yeah. Now nah, I'm going stir crazy here. Like, the, actually, the wife has like a couple, like a lot of her girlfriends are coming from Chicago here the week before I leave. And I told her I'm leaving the house because I don't want them to ask like those questions, like say how are things been going? And I end up saying the wrong thing. So I'm gonna like go take a you know go take a drive somewhere um when they hear. Because like they'll ask you know like they like I don't know women like I don't know they're they're supposed to be more intuitive but they ask like questions that are like loaded. And they'll be like ask like how are things going? And you have to like you know, you want to catch yourself and not say the wrong thing. So it's best for me to like remove myself from the situation, and I'm gonna go find somewhere to go uh, take a drive to. 
How many women are gonna be in the house at that time? Man, she got like like I don't know, like I I, I you know, not n- nothing against you, but I, I kill to have numerous friends. Seven of them are coming from Chicago, like six or seven of them coming from Chicago. Shit. Like like yeah, like her for like she's got yeah, like what did, what did, what did Jay Electronica say? You know, I, I got back up like the Verizon man, like you know, her yeah, her friends come from everywhere they want to come see her. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be several of them here. I mean, they ain't staying at the house, but they coming to you know visit. Oh, okay, now. at least yeah, at least they gonna there will be there'll be some times where they be out the house. At least. Oh yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, it. I don't know. It's it's always commotion. It's always a little bit of excitement here for one reason or another. Anyway, so I mean, it wouldn't be that big of a deal for me. The only challenge is I don't. The closest relative I have is up in Crenshaw. Uh, and that's my 80 year old uncle, and he, he's uh, you know, he's kind of in his uh, what well, not dementia stage, which was the other one, Alzheimer's stage. So, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> that 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 the one who's been out there a long time. Huh? Yeah, yeah, he moved out from Chicago back in like the late 60s or something like that. Mm. So yeah, he yeah yeah he's been like and he's been like in the same apartment for like 40 some years. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really he 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 was kind of anyone who moved to California, you know, to do they stint, they kind of lived at his house for a minute, his apartment, correction, for a minute. He's like oh, the he's everything then. Yeah, he's the underground railroad, uh, Uncle Johnny. Um, okay, okay. You mentioned like driving. That's that's one thing that makes me think of the uh, the the thing I put at the top of the rundown. I just put it on like a couple hours ago. Like, I you know I've had this show set up for a couple of weeks. I just kept putting the shit off because I've been I don't want to do shit, but I always have give myself shit to do, which you know is not a good combination. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we 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 gonna get to some of the stuff. It, it's still you know just catching up, you know, because like I said, we haven't done the show since late April, so we catching up in, in regardless, but. But one one thing I guess I just want to get into off top here is you know the question is are y'all getting back to doing regular shit like you know how is you know everything has been changing back to some sort of normalcy now we the momentum has gotten back you know people are crowding spaces again and. You know, people are getting drunk and acting a fool at NBA games and stuff, and you know, and yeah, baseball games, fighting in the stands. And I don't know, but it, it seems like people have got got the the green light to act the way that they want to again. Whether you know, you get the shots and you got your two shots or whatever, you know, you ready to go. But you know, for y'all, how's how's the last you know week or so been? A couple weeks, you know, the have y'all been? Has it been feeling like? Normal for y'all. I got drunk on the twenty second, so yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, so, so uh, on the twenty second, the day after my birthday was the first time I was out since I've been back. Uh, well, I won't say the first time I've been back. It was the, really the second time, but it was the first time that I just saw people. Um, we had went to um, a spot in the West Loop, and and my cousin had reservation made reservations and i'm thinking that he made reservations because you know they they be wanting to they they want you to make reservations because of the seating 
um, and the, the the six six feet and all that stuff. Mm. I forgot the spot we went to, man. But it wasn't no it wasn't no six feet apart. It was no, they was out. It was lit. It was it was it looked normal. And then you start going driving around in the South Loop, and you like, yo, it's back to normal over here for real. Ain't nobody care about no social distancing and stuff like that. I think I thought I saw something today that said that state of Illinois was going back to normal on June the 11th, and I was like, nah, we was back to normal a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I think we all good. Um, I felt that way when I saw the white girls fighting in the in the stands at at uh, guaranteed rate. Yeah, like, yo, like, we back to normal. <laughs> we back to normal, G. Ain't I mean I'm I got my I got one shot. Um, I get my second shot on Sunday. Um, I think, I think, I know we're back to normal because don't nobody care about that shot no more. That shot is really about to be the new flu shot. And what I mean by that is, is every winter you go to Walgreens and there's somebody in the lobby like, you look, hey, Joe, go ahead and get that flu shot today. And you like, nah, I'm good. I get every shot, but I ain't getting no flu shot. That after after this round, for people who have it, then you're going to have some people like me that's like, look, I already got one, so let me go ahead and get the other one. You're going to have the the other group of people that's like, I got my one. We back to normal. We out kicking it. Let's go. And then you're going to have that one group that's like, look, we back to normal. So I'm not taking this shot. What what, they, what you going to ask me to pull out my, 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 my vaccine card to go into? No, we're not doing that. And that's just, it's going to be similar to like the flu shot. So we're back mm-hmm. to normal. We're, I think we're so back to normal that the COVID COVID nineteen vaccine is going to be just like the flu shot. You're gonna go into Walgreens. They're gonna ask you if you want it. And you're gonna say no. But can you point me to the condoms? <laughs> I, I, I feel you, bro. And and that's what that's my thinking too, man. It's like we're not that because we're not we're not even gonna get a, get rid of COVID, like. No. We're not going to get rid of COVID-19 fully or any of its variants. It's going to be like COVID-22 or 23 and all that. But we're going to have – but we got the technology, though, to at least keep that shit from killing us like it did over the past year and a half. We like, had the technology in the first place. Yeah. We was warned of it. It's just that buddy ass just was like, ah. Yeah, buddy, buddy, yeah. He was. That's all that was. But now nah, we, I'm telling the, you, the man. absolute worst president to have yeah. this shit happen. Like he, yeah. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not gonna disparage my man because everybody do enough of that. What I will say is this: Buddy was lazy, and yeah. the very least he was lazy, and was like, ah, we, I'm worried about anything else, but y'all getting sick. And then everybody got sick, including him. And he was like, oh. And then it was too late. And we was it was messed up for a year and a half. But come June 11th for Illinois, oh, man. What COVID-19 shot? What vaccine? <laughs> They're right. I don't know nothing about no Moderna. I don't know nothing about no Pfizer. I don't know nothing about no Johnson & Johnson. You talking about the baby powder? I'm telling you. 
They, <laughs> it's going to be reports on Channel 7. I'm picking the news channel. It's going to be Channel 7 that do it first. And Channel 7 going to be sitting there talking about how people have given up on taking getting the vaccine and now they out. Mm-hmm. If I'm a restaurant owner, am I not going to let you in because you ain't got no laminated vaccine card? No, nah, we're going to go get you a shot. Especially after they've been starving for so much of the past year. So. Yeah, go get you a shot, Ted. Yeah. <laughs> right. Get your shot. Just Dave, you didn't relocate it to the cop, man. They ran you out the crib. Look, to, to your question early, you know, it it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. I mean, once you had three kids, unless you out on a special leave, you as you put it so many years ago, you washed. Um, you know, I told you when when you have them close together, like Bang had a, had a good split between his two, a set, five year split between his youngest and his you know the middle child. I mean his oldest and his middle child. But w- when you have them a year and a half apart, they be fighting, uh, and that's what happened. So that's why I'm out in the car because it was screaming and yelling. So <laughs> well, they they ain't knocking it, the baby over, is they? No, no, no. He he he's good. You know he he's protected. It's just you know they can't they for whatever reason they have Ike and Tina relationship sometimes. That's wow. <laughs> like I said, yeah, you got a nice split, man. The five year split is good, yeah. but uh, yeah, that five year split was meant to be forever. <laughs> pandemic got us. Yeah, pandemic babies. Y'all got a couple pandemic babies, yeah. Hey man, they got a story to tell. Um, and and about six, seven years. <laughs> yeah, they gonna be the the not so greatest generation. <laughs> Considering how this vaccine gonna be going, you damn right about that. But but they they man, you know they they you know talked a bit about you know we we was me and Bang was talking a bit, bit about how people have gotten off to a head start in normalizing things here in Chicago. And, you know, uh, you know, there's this date coming up in June or June 11th where pretty much everything's going to be open, but you know, it's pretty much like that already, you know, for you and, and out there in Cali, man, how's it been like, I, cause you know, it's been rough. It's been terrible. It's been really rough out there, but you know, it has it, as it just, has it lightened up now? How, how have things been? I, you know, things are back to normal. I, you know, I, I think the restrictions are lifted in Los Angeles County on the 15th of June, but things are already back to normal. I mean, you know, people are already having events. I, there's this guy here I, I follow on social media, and I guess he has events at this club in LA, and he's constantly texting me about this, you know, part, I guess these bi weekly parties they have. So, yeah, it's back to normal for the most part. Okay. I mean, the, free, the expressways are, you know, clogged during rush hour. You know, yeah, things are back to normal. There's people out everywhere. I mean, it's actually more, it's, I don't, it's challenging because it's kind of hard to find a quiet place sometimes here because there's always people walking around. So I don't know, you know, that if you, you know, and it's kind of a weird, you know, situation. But if you ever have to use a bathroom, you're never going to be able to use it outside. You always will have to find, a, you know, an indoor restroom. I know that's a weird thing to reference, but there are people like everywhere, especially when you're in the city proper. 
So, you know, that, I mean, I could sure make some other examples of things that you normally would kind of do in a quiet place, but there are people everywhere here. So, you know, I don't know. It's been a while since things were slow. I say last year, um, maybe the early part of this year was the last time things were slow here. Yeah. When, when we left, like, well, well, in the DMV area, where we were at in Silver Spring, they took it extremely serious. Hey, they, I, I don't know if it's because the government and everything is at that, but they took it extremely serious. It was a couple of times I walked outside. It was nobody outside. And I mean, it's one, two in the afternoon. And you walk outside and it's nobody but homeless people and they ain't asking for change. They wondering where you at. <laughs> like, it was, it was dropped. Um, it really didn't, it really, it really started getting dry when some restaurants didn't take it seriously. It's this one spot. I can't remember the name of it, but it was right across the street from one of my homies cribs and he lived in a high rise and he had texted me like, man, they, they kicking it out here like it ain't no pandemic. And this is like in April, May. But then you look at the little local newspaper and they'd be like, restaurants shut down over COVID-19 violations. And when more restaurants and, and spots start getting hit with that, they was like, nah, ain't even worth it. We'll see y'all later. And it was fair. It's, it's wild because like there really was times where it was like even in places like you know here in Chicago and stuff where you know should be active. Like I was I stayed last year by 55th Street and you know now I'm like close to the 35th. Right? So I didn't really see I just moved up here like a couple a couple months ago. So I didn't really see when things were dead. But I I'm not going around most, you know, Brownsville, High Park here, whatever. You know, low end. and there was there was times when people had to be in at like five o'clock. <laughs> like, you know, they just you know just I mean, you know, Dave. Remember, we was talking about stuff when we was first doing the show about you know the things that were like coalescing and coming together, like when the riots was happening or the the uprising. I like to say. And when you had the, uh, you know, the, the bridges were coming up and all this stuff, and like it was a lot. It was we we been through a lot in the past year, man. And Wait a minute, all of that was going on during the pandemic. Yeah, when like you know, we just had a year ago where we we marked the whole George Floyd stuff. Yeah, you right, you right. Wow. And that was all. Yeah, that was all. <laughs> like that, this around this time last year was like some of the craziest shit, and. We, you know, you had like armies of people were getting together, cleaning up neighborhoods and strips on the on the south side, the west side, and it was it was almost it, like it was really like we was trying to get society back together. Like wake up everybody, <laughs> right? It was like the, it was like the last scene of uh, do the right thing or something. Like, <laughs> take your money, Sal. You know, you know, there's been so much stuff going on that I totally forgot that it was about like a year ago when all this stuff happened. Because I'm in, yeah, I'm in Silver Spring, 
which is what 30 minutes away from National Mall in DC. And I'm looking at the news. And so I work in digital media. I'm looking at the news, trying to get stuff up real time posting. But then, you know, for, for, for the digital nerds out there, we looking at SEO posts, quality posts. Like it's one post on one of my sites that still get traction anytime that something happened. Why they call the police 12. <laughs> and it was funny because, and I laughed because it was somebody, I think it was a Starbucks, but they put fuck 12 on the wall. They spray painted it on the wall. And the news was like, we don't know who 12 is, but yeah. you know, <laughs> it's like, I'm sitting there looking at CNN like, oh man, this is weird. Cause you know what? You right. Because I had said last year around this time, I don't think I'm not one of those people that look at this and be like, oh man, it's the end of the world. It's the end times. I just thought that this was like a, a, a page in the chapter in our history books. Like we 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 officially had our history book moment. Like when we look when we was at, when we was in school, and you see the the history books and you be reading like, oh man, in the sixties they had the riots, in fifty fifties they had Emmett mm-hmm. Till, in the sixties they had the riots, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X dying, and then in the seventies you got the like you got the Black Power movement and all these things in the eighties. You got Ronald Reagan and Reaganomics and trickle down economics and drugs. In the 90s, you got, especially the early 90s, you got the effects of it. In the 2000s, you got um, Y2K. But we didn't really have a history book moment until George Floyd go. So now when our students go to school, when our kids go to school like 10 years later, they're going to have George Floyd in the history books. Like, Dave, you got kids and you got a six-year-old du- during the during the, the the virtual learning, did your kids' teachers talk about the George Floyd stuff and the protests? So, you know, I don't know. My kids' school, listen, so here here's a warning to the wise where you got a seven-year-old so you know. Don't send your kids to school where 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 your where your where your wife's friends work. Um, they went to one day a week. <laughs> like no, one hour a day. Correction, one hour a day. Like after March thirteenth, they went to one hour a day. So we was getting our ass kicked. Uh, so yep. if they did, so if they did teach about it, they had a real short ass window Fam, to do it. <laughs> Oh, it is 839. Fam, look, when I say me and my wife will be working from the crib and it'd be every so often the teacher shock us and she's white, but she down like she she's white, but she's down. But the majority of the kids in this class, like it's Silver Spring, Maryland. It's only like three black kids in the first grade class. And every so often you will hear her go. So, yeah, so did you guys look at CNN and see about the George Floyd protest? That's wrong what happened to George Floyd, isn't it? Like, yeah, then the kids be talking about, yeah, my mom was crying last night because she said this shouldn't have happened to George Floyd. Now, these are the white kids saying this. Hmm. And me and my wife will look at each other like, yeah, what they what, what they over there talking about? Then she'll be telling them why they protesting. Well, the, and she'll specifically be like, well, the black people are out there protesting because they've been, they've been, you know, disrespected 
for a number of years now. Kids be like, how long? Well, about 400 years. Wow, that's a long time. <laughs> and we seem that like, oh, okay. Let's let's listen to the teacher real quick. Like she was really telling the kids about black plight in the first yeah. grade. And these are white kids. So I, of course, you know, being my being that my son is like only one of two black boys in the class, I'd be like, hey yo, if there's anything you gotta pay attention to, is this. Cause I don't want you to be the black kid that ain't paying attention while the white kids just sitting there like, wow. But that's what she was teaching them about. Like I commend her because like you wouldn't you wouldn't think that kids would be talking about this stuff so heavy. Yeah. Like, and it seemed crazy. like she was speaking it to them plainly. Yes. Like it wasn't also fairy tale shit. No, it was not. No. Or some, she, you know. She was gritty. She was like, "Hey, yeah. watch CNN with your mom." <laughs> he like, "Oh, okay." And, and and next thing you know, like they they talking. To, matter of fact, it's funny because this Black History Month, they sung a Martin Luther King song like every day. I didn't know Martin Luther King had that many songs. <laughs> he wasn't writing songs, was he? Like like Farrakhan, like, like songs about Martin Luther King. He was like songs about Martin Luther King. Oh, okay. They found a book or what? <laughs> you think got a hymn? You got a hymn. They had this many songs. Only thing they didn't play is the song with the fat boys. <laughs> I don't think she knew about that song, but I did. Was like, hey, yo, tell your teacher about this song right here. But yeah, like she was. It was really heavy during that, and they didn't. They didn't miss no words. I think, but I think part of that reason is because the majority of that school is left. Mm. But you did hear like one kid. Like we went to that class one day, and you did hear one. Uh, well, when he was in when he was in kindergarten, uh, we had went to his class one day, and the kids was arguing about Donald Trump. Okay, yeah. And I was like, "Wow, you're six. I think Donald Trump's gonna be the best president ever. He's the president <laughs> of the world." I'm like, "Oh, he's, he's <laughs> six, fam." And they, the they having Democratic yeah. and Republican debates. Like, These kids yeah. gonna be a trip, man. Cause I, I know we wasn't we wasn't talking about Reagan and Bush and Clinton like that when we was okay around the age. Let me I, let me be the first to say I was in school. You was talking like that. I'm I'm not I'm not even gonna cape and act like I wasn't, <laughs> fam. Paul, former United, former Illinois United States Senator Paul Simon came to our school, and I was the only nigga excited. <laughs> Word, okay. Paul Simon coming. You do see? I was, I was kind of that kid too. I probably would have. Wait, how old was you then? Oh, this was first grade when he came. Like I, still, okay. I don't know. I know my mom don't got the picture no more, but they had me introduce him to the class and that thing. It was me. Paul Simon, nerdy looking ass, and my white teacher. And I'm okay. I might have known who Paul Simon was at that age, but I don't know if I'd have been excited to see him. Yeah, I was. I was. I I, I was the kid that saw Bill Clinton play the saxophone and was like, "Yo, he gonna be president." 
<laughs> I do remember that though. For, for uh, he don't I, I don't think I had an opinion, but I remember that for my city. Yeah, yeah, I was. But see, that was I was the, that was I certain flashpoints. Nerd, right? Yeah, I was the hoodest nerd at that age. I was the I was the hoodest nerd at that age. I'd be, but it's my uncle's fault, and I think we both got those uncles who really talk political. But my uncles didn't let me leave the room when they were talking about it. You know, you got the grown yeah. folks. Like, All right, we talking about grown folks stuff. You go play the game. No, my uncles would be like, nah, he's staying in here. All of, a matter of fact, he'd tell all they'd tell all the other kids, like they nephews and stuff, they they grandkids. Oh now, y'all go outside. Hey, Lee, come here. <laughs> you, you sit right here. <laughs> and I'd be sitting there with him, like, all right, well, what's what's up with Harold Washington? <laughs> Yeah, they killed them. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> they, 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 they just telling all the, the conspiracy theories in Man. front of you. You can take it. Hey, so what's up with Al Washington? They killed him. Look at me. Yeah, they killed him, boy. They wanted him <laughs> Don't forget that shit. Daily wanted them out of there. They killed him. <laughs> like, I'm sitting there like, oh, okay. Can I play Tecmo Ball now? Yeah. No. Like, so, yeah. I, I, I do identify with that, too. Cause, like yeah, like you said, it was the adults would just have the same conversations around you that they would have around when it was just them. And cause I, I, cause I was just I was always like just an observing kid, so I wouldn't I wasn't the type of kid who was like over energetic and would try to insert himself in the conversation. I would just watch and listen. So. I was just like a fly on the wall with so many stuff when I was younger and I got to observe and listen and hear information that a lot of kids my age wouldn't get to get to hear and observe. So that that's sort of how I got stuff advanced for me at that age yeah. myself. I, I don't I don't and I, well I'm for, I don't know if I was fortunate fortunate enough to have a uncle who was that uh woke at the time. Um, but I got it through my grandfather and even my youngest, my, well, my oldest, my 60 year old, she's getting it through the grandfather. Like they watch CNN and BBC here. And I remember as a kid watching Nightline with my grandfather and that's mm. how I kind of got it. Um, not as early as six, but still, you know, close to that age where it just having a, you know, idea of what's going on as far as world news. The problem I think with Trump, with the thing with Trump is, or my kid, everybody essentially her concept is good or bad is based upon Trump. So it's like if she says like this person is bad, it says bad is Trump. That's like her whole metric. Yeah, <laughs> mm. yeah. He, he's, he's, it's a warped. It's such a warped thing. I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't want to go too far to this, but like with Trump, Trump really in so many ways in ingratiated himself in society and and like the the impact that he's had like like Dave like you say on our thinking of what is good and what is bad or what is some so many of these uh you know these polar opposite these polar uh feelings that we could have and emotions and you know aspects of 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 social life like when you think of uh, of a leader who is, you know, foul mouthed, and think of a leader who is, you know, just uh, completely, you know, uh, lacking any type of uh, uh, type of uh, integrity and stuff like that. We gonna think of him now. Like his 
he's like the definition now with so many of these things. But I was just, it was weird. It's weird too to think about how, like, he just like I said he ingratiated himself in society way before he was a president. Like, I I watched this channel during the day sometimes, and they they uh, they show these old episodes of Run's House, and <laughs> like it, it, you know whatever you know it's daytime TV, but you know, but uh, the ep- I saw an episode the other day where Run, huh? I said you. Like, what you say, man? You be on. Pluto. I do be on Pluto, but th- this Pluto, Pluto, Pluto puts you on a rabbit hole. You be watching stuff you ain't even think you ever be watching. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. stuff you'd have forgot about years ago. Too. I watched. I watched the whole three seasons of American Gladiators in two days. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's like, oh, I ain't never turned to this. You, you right though, cause but, but, but I was, uh, right, right quick though. But I'll say um, that was a scene where Ron was in his, uh, he was just in his kitchen reading a book by Trump. It was a some goofy book that he put out about success or whatever. It was around the time, it was during the time that The Apprentice was out. Yeah. So it, was, it just made me think about how he he fooled America and fooled our society into thinking, in so many ways into thinking he was a viable anything when he was the exact opposite. And just you know by why? doing, you know, by doing what he did. You know why though? It's the 80s. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's only the 80s, G. I came to that conclusion when he I came to that conclusion when he talked about running for president the first time. I said, Mom, it's the 80s. That's all it is. <laughs> Like, I can't even look at WrestleMania 4 the same. And that's my favorite <laughs> WWF pay-per-view. Because they had it at Trump Tower. Yeah, I can't, you can't even, like, he in the front row. Yeah. You can't look at that the same. But, but when you look at the 80s, 80s was built on greed and perception. Right. That's all it was. So People became you, icons off this shit. Yeah, like, people, people have... People of his age or people who just been around in the 80s make money off still off business being in the news today. But he's probably one of your biggest celebrity Trump supporters. And we talk about Ricky Schroeder like like NYPD Blue still popping. <laughs> or like Silver Spoon still popping. Like <laughs> Because he made a stand against taking the bags. Ricky Schroeder, Scott Bayo, all of them white cats from the 80s loved that man because of perception. Yep. That's it. That's it. If you was popping in the 80s, you know you love. You ain't know you can't tell me from 80 to 89. You can't tell me if you white, you not a Trump supporter. Michael J. Fox, I'm checking that over right now. You can't tell me he ain't no Trump supporter. Okay, if you white and you was oh, talking blood, Chuck Woolery. There's another one. Chuck Woolery loves Trump. When was Chuck Woolery yep. popping? The 80s. Okay. It, it's, like, it's like he released the time war. All them white <laughs> Gee, we back. It's like, it's like Mortimer. We're back. 
Yeah. <laughs> he's telling you. You can't, and it's a lot of them 80s cats. It's a lot of them oh, 80s God, cats that's sorry. quiet, but they tri- they voted for that man, Dan Aykroyd. I guarantee Dan Aykroyd voted for him. <laughs> if John Blue is Jim- na- he Canadian? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. But anyway. Like, I'm telling you, look at all of the white people. I'm telling you, look at all of the oh, white God. people who are Trump supporters. And look when they was popping. It, they, I guarantee oh, you, it was between 80 and 89. Thank you for thank you for bringing Bang on. Thank you for the show. <laughs> I, 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 that, that is a... <laughs> Tell you, analyze it. I kid you not. I, I did that when he first talked about I'm a run for president. And you start oh, seeing God. people I'm like, man, they trying to get that old thing back. Then he run for president and all these <laughs> things come back. Well, he's he's saying to break, oh, make yeah. America great again. He must have thought between eighty four and eighty nine or something. That yes. that was a lot of people thought he was thinking about an earlier time than that. But no, apparently it was, he was that was not. the time he was talking about Reagan, them Reagan years. That's what he was yeah. talking about. Trick. That's why his whole <laughs> platform was was damn near a version of Ronald Reagan's trickle down economics. I was popping that eighty. I wasn't popping in nineteen sixty five. Or seventy five, but within the eighties, we were doing lines of cocaine in the Trump Tower. It was lit. It was me. It was me, Scott Bayo. <laughs> Drew Barrymore was walking down this the street. She was the... too young to be with us, but she was there too. <laughs> this is drink. They was grooming. Dr- they was grooming with a what's his name. <laughs> this is the drink champs version in the building. Oh gosh. I love this. I love this history. We 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 really we really unearthing history right now, you know. Oh boy. Drink champs version of Donald Trump. <laughs> Oh, your bank, bank connection got a little low, but we and we, I, w- I would love to hear uh, Trump on. I wonder if he if he's gonna make an effort to repair his relationship with the rap community, you know, because he if he's gonna especially if he's gonna run in twenty four, like he said, he he still I think he still he still swears that black people love him for some reason, you know. Hey, they are they are some that still love them. Yeah, there's, there's quite a few actually. But yeah, you yeah. know, kind of put you know sugar in their grits. Uh, <laughs> but they still love them. Right, I'm back. Think I'm back. I'm yeah. back. All right, y'all seen the movie Action Jackson? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't. I think that's one of those you know movies you got to put Trump. in those black lists if you if you you know that was about Donald Trump. You know Donald Craig T. Nelson was Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, watch the movie again. Oh, and I, I bet he voted for Trump too. That's another one, I think so too. But yeah, watch the movie again and look what Craig T. Nelson was doing in Action Jackson. <laughs> like, like, yeah, that's drugs and sexual assault. Yeah, like he's an archetype. He. He was, he really was Trump was an archetype going back to then. Was, like there's a lot of fictional portrayals of him 
in 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 you know you could pick out a lot of stuff. It it is it is actual portrayals of him too. People let him in all types of movies and commercials and stuff mm. just because he was and he had no shame. He would say he wouldn't say no to anything. So Bruh. all them cats in the '80s. If you white, you love them. It's that old yeah. thing back. Roseanne. <laughs> <laughs> and she she messed herself up too. She, oh, she went too hard thinking that oh, thinking that the world was theirs again. Y'all gonna see oh, okay. a y'all gonna see a white celebrity that was popping in the eighties pop up, and you are gonna be like, after the day, you are gonna be like, man, I wonder that they vote for Trump. Yeah. Oh God. I, the <laughs> connection is there. You really you opened us up. That you, Tony Danza really opened us up. Tony Danza. <laughs> <Tony> <laughs> Oh man, it's so so bad. Civil <laughs> Shepherd. I can see Civil Shepherd, yeah. Bruce Willis. Bruce, yeah, I can see Bruce Willis, yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Especially with no hair now, you know. He, and he don't like wearing masks. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going. I'm going to Trader Joe's. I'm about to go get what I'm gonna get. And y'all ain't gonna do nothing. <laughs> oh god yes i might this is a, this is a break thing, i ain't wrong i ain't wrong i ain't wrong nah, I, I mean I, you actually you opened my eyes man i i didn't think how deep it was man but i i could i could see the connection there, but also but but i know it's I, I know i'm joking around but it's serious i'm very serious when i say this though even though i'm joking but the other part about it is, is a lot of those celebrities was popping in the 80s. And because of Reagan's trickle-down economics, that was the best time for them. Yeah. They, the best time for them one when Clinton was in office. It was when Buddy was, not even when um, Bush one or two was in office. The best time for them cats was 80 to 89. They was getting money and doing lines of cocaine, having the time of their life. They was yuppies. Them yuppies, fam. Like, Michael and like you said, Greed. Greed was. Yeah. Oh god! Like you said, Greed was king, and it was all about getting yours and not really, you know, giving a damn about anything else. And that's yeah, that's what so much of the the conservative platform is. They don't. They don't even. They barely want to give anything up to anybody. But you know, yeah. you can't even. You can't. They don't even want you to vote like it, with any type of convenience. They they like they go they go have it in some places where you can only vote for like an hour, you know, on on election day or something. Some of these places have it, you know, to if, if they can if they can have it their way, you know, like an hour. Like and if you if you're in a black neighborhood, you got to travel like fifty miles to go some yes. <laughs> to, to go vote or some shit, right? Now. The up now with black people in Trump is what like black people idolize the fame and the money. Sure. So they put him on this pedestal because because of the fame and the money. And the 80s was all about that. So when you when you saw that and you saw him, it was like, all right, cool. It's just that a lot of black celebrities, especially the ones that was popping in the 80s, was like, oh man, I didn't know he ain't like black people. Cause we was kicking it. Yeah, he liked you because you was rich. Yeah, he didn't like me. He didn't want me in the Trump Tower. He wanted you. 
Like Mike Tyson, I don't think he got a racist bone in his body. No, because you rich. So he don't see color for you. He see money. Right. So, but even some of them, like, hey man, I look, I don't, I don't trust, I don't trust Alfonso Ribeiro. <laughs> Why not? What show he come from? Silver Sweet. Spoon. Silver Spoon, yeah. Ricky Schroeder, crazy. Oh okay. God. <laughs> Started doing some research tonight. Now nah, they gotta go down to eighties time. You gonna be going? I'm telling you. If you was popping in the eighties, I don't trust you. As being the Trump, not being a Trump supporter. Now let's look at the nineties. One of the biggest stars in the nineties was George Clooney. Who was president during the nineties? Clinton. Clinton. Yeah. Who he be rocking with? Democrats. Yeah. Um, a lot of them popping 90 <laughs> celebrities. Democrats. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit more. It's it's that's that's complicated. Uh you know, because Clinton won shit for some various reasons too. Uh right. <laughs> well Clinton, yeah, that was a that was a certain hedonism that came with Clinton. I mean, no, was, I ain't talking about him getting, you know, blowjobs. I'm talking about the the you know, you know the, the, the the crack laws. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. The crime citizen. That's what I the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, in the end, a lot of that's yeah, neoliberalism is you know a lot of what that stems from, and a lot of that doesn't really benefit black folks because it's it's just about but he was a centrist too. He was he was a you know he was a centrist by by nature, and a lot of people yeah. a lot of people even put that on Obama as being like a guy who was yes. trying hard to unite and mm-hmm. find a middle road instead of just being all the way on one. Because the 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 Republicans and the conservatives that get in office and get into the major offices, including president, they all be dead on that on that uh, right side. But the Democrats, in order to get in the office, they got to be getting towards the middle somehow. You know, they they can't just be like a leftist. You, like I said, ain't gonna be no Fred Hamptons in the White House. Ain't gonna be no, <laughs> you know, ain't gonna be no uh, it, the, the closest. Ain't gonna, ain't, ain't gonna be no Bernie Sanders in the White House. So, I mean, you know, that's the closest I, you get with a white man. You know? I get, I get, look, I get Biden a lot of the shit he's been talking lately. He's he he, he sounds like he got a little bit more backbone than Obama, but in context, it's been some crazy shit that occurred post Obama that didn't, you know, we don't, we it's kind of hard to say how Obama would have acted if January 6th happened, if George Floyd happened while he was president. Man, yeah, January 6th happened when Obama was president, Obama be dead. Let's, let's keep it a buck. If January 6th happened when Obama was in office, Obama been shot dead. Mm. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't bring this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I was gonna say that made me think of a Dude, bit. I, was... I saw, I saw Joe Kilgallen put up a bit on uh, IG talking about uh, how lazy millennials are because nobody shot Obama or Trump. You know they they did uh, okay. You know they like they, he he started he started it out talking about like somebody said to him like. This was the most divided America's ever been. He was like, well, 
you know, go, what about the Civil War? What about the 60s? And he said, you know, and nobody in the past eight years, nobody past eight, ten years, nobody even got shot. So you know? I'm glad that you said that. I know that was a skit, but I, I told my wife, I told my wife, I said, man, do you realize, like, ain't nobody been shot at since, like, 1980 that we know of? Yeah. Like, the last assassination attempt that we know of was in 1980. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think nobody about that life as far as doing that. But if, if but. Because the Secret Service ain't that, they ain't that got that much better. They ain't that cold. They ain't that cold. But, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I wasn't. I, I wasn't, of course, at the Capitol, but I was in Silver Spring when January 6th happened, and I'm, I remember hearing the police going in that direction, and I remember telling yeah. them, like, man, there must be something going on. Then we turned on the TV, like, well, these white people are going crazy. If, if for people who don't know, Silver, Silver Spring ain't that far, right? Cause- it Nothing is far from each other in that area. Right. No. Like these white people go crazy. They ain't jumped into the Capitol. Ain't nobody got shot. And I'm telling you, you think you gonna go far at the Capitol? You think you gonna go up two, three, four stairs? They mm. aiming a gun at you. Fam, you're doing too much. They are shooting. They're, they're probably going to shoot you. So, yeah, like, nah, that, that was the only time I was like, Oh, somebody about that life. Because if they would have count, if somebody would have called Nancy Pelosi in one of the rooms, yep, <laughs> they were scared. A- AOC and them, they was they were scared. scared for real. Scared, and you yeah. still see them white people like, like, oh, you, you guys need to protect us more. Like we went in there for you. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> But, but bang, bang, you got you got these fools, you got these fools in Congress and the Senate still swaying up and down that they was a that, that they was no threat to anybody. Like the the one dude talking about they was just like regular tourists up in there. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know, that's that's how that's how they warp reality though. Some of these Republicans, man, they don't give a fuck. They just they'll say anything just to to. Live on that lie, like like my man said in the wire, man. We they live on them lies, man. All that damn pork and, and alcohol, man. <laughs> so all I can say. <laughs> That's easy for hey, you to pork, say. Pork, pork, al- pork alcohol, this, pork alcohol, and Jesus. What the, what is that? P P P A J. Uh, was it P B J P A J? Hey, but you know what? I will say this though. That was the only. Not not January 6th, but when they did that first rally, that was the only time I walked out my house and I was like, man, I might have to fight coming home because so the, the pandemic hit me in different ways. I ended up being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and some other stuff, but it was mainly because I wasn't active because the job is 10 minutes away from where I work. So when I get back from the hospital, it's like I, this is like November. When they did the rally, I would go on a walk. I would walk to my job and walk back just to get that that what thirty minutes of exercise that that they want you to do. But I'll take a longer route so I could get more and get some steps in. Man, I live right by a train, like right by their L, their L version of the L, their metro station, and I'm walking up 
and I see six to seven Trump supporters get off. And I know they're Trump supporters because they got the flags. But these are, you can tell these proud boys because they got the car mm. hearts on. They, they got the thick stuff on. And I'm on they the got the uniform on. Right. I'm on the phone with my pops. I said, oh, man. Uh-oh. And he said, what? I said, man, it's some Trump supporters that just got off the train and I'm walking behind them. He's like, well, you, you good, right? I said, man, I don't know. Because these ain't like these, these the cats that look like they'd be like, hey, nigga, come here. Hey, nigga, come here. Yeah. I'm Bang. Dog. I said, man, I'm going to call you back. I called my wife and I was like, look, if it go down, I need you to be on the phone with. Like, that's why. Turns out they went one way. I crossed the street, but that was literally the only time that I've ever even been in, out there for five years. That was the first time in years that I was like, okay, I'm a little bit nervous about my surroundings. Cause so, so is, is that why you came home? Because you know ain't none of them dudes coming off of 290 until they get to past First well, Avenue. No, I came home. I came home because <laughs> I had another baby, but I live in like my my parents live in Bolingbrook. So we go to Walmart. Look, I've already seen a couple of people in Myers and Walmart with ta- Proud Boys tattoos. Oh, yeah, Bolingbrook, yeah. Yeah, they out here. I mean, I'm not out west. I thought you was in the city. Okay. Oh no, I'm not out west. If they if they not doing that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why that's why I'm glad I live among black folks and and cause ain't ain't no ain't none of that action around here. <laughs> Hey, look, Enrique Terrio, what was it? They... I just got you guys had to tell him you can. What is he, uh, Cuban or Dominican? Just tell him you're Dominican or Cuban. Man. <laughs> was, yeah, the, the, the leader, yeah, the, the, yeah. the traitor. Yeah, yeah, just tell him, you, you know. Be <laughs> <laughs> Dominican, be Dominican. Yeah, yeah, yo soy Dominicano. Yeah, yo soy Dominicano, yeah. <laughs> but, but let's, you know, because, uh, I, we we I, I'm only giving us about 20 more minutes here, but we we definitely gonna get you back on the show, man, to toss some shit back. Appreciate it, oh, yeah, bro. especially when I'm about some real good Wi-Fi, because then y'all can really hear y'all can really hear about 80 celebrities in Trump. <laughs> right, we go we gonna keep digging into that. We gonna do some more research. If if, if Mr. Drummond was still alive, Mr. Drummond, yeah. Who who knows who knows what he had those boys doing when the cameras weren't on them? But, hey, man. <laughs> At least two of them was doing cocaine. Yeah, he he didn't he didn't have a positive impact on their life. They should have stayed in Harlem, man. They could have stayed, stayed in Harlem. His daughter yeah. should have went with him too. <laughs> she the yeah she the knew where all the good stuff was. <laughs> but but very right quick though, man. I just I just wanted to, to get you. You know that you to speak about, you know, could, you know, we we you touched on it already, but just like, you know, you've been doing your work with Radio One and everything, and doing all this, and you know, coming back home for you, what's you know, what was the main motivation? And like, because you know, you you, you know, you 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 sort of make fun of it at times, but you know, you've done a lot here in Chicago. You made a name for yourself here before you went away, and you know. Coming back at this point in your life, you got your family now and everything. What yeah. what does it mean? You know what what does it mean for you to be back in Chicago and, and what what are sort of the things that you're looking forward to doing? 
now that you're back? So I came home mainly because we had, you know, baby number three on the way, and we wasn't trying to do that in D.C. by ourselves. Like, mm. it's, it's already hard with two, but then you got three and it's just you, two? Nah, it was time to come back. But then also family as well. Um, and And there's been some things that's happened where it moving back was the right decision because of family. Some things that happened where it's like, you know what? This clinched it. We were supposed to be back here. Um, The good thing about, like, I can't answer the question about, like, plans because I don't know. And I think that's the great thing about it. I know I don't want to be, I know I don't want to do what I did when I was here before because I've grown since then. I've I've been away for six years. I went from St. Louis, went from here to St. Louis, and then St. Louis to D.C. and spent five years out there. I've learned so much on the business side, but also, I've also learned, the funny thing is I also learned that a lot of the stuff that I was preaching at ICB was correct. So there's some people that are definitely looking their face and be like, I told you, um, because like for example, I I was telling people about podcasting in 2012, and I got I got told not to do that in 2012, and now look what we're doing right now. Yeah, well, you you know my guys listen to you. That's part of why I got the podcast. And so yeah, 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 because the mods was listening to you. Yeah, like you like 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 first like the mods. The whole uh, Regal Radio crew, like you, um, like with them, around them, like people like Tony Gill, who me and Tony yeah. used to get in the endless debates when I teach a night class. Like those people not only listen to me, but like I know they listen to me because they tell me, but also like they're going into buildings and people are telling them the same thing. It's just when it comes to urban radio. It's different. It's difficult. It's harder. And people think, you know, I just need to sound good, get up and and I'm straight. And they don't understand, like, there's so many jobs in urban radio. Like, sports media, it ain't a lot of jobs for us. Because it's a lot of white people. Nope. Like, it's a lot of white people that's going to come up in there and get that spot. Like, let's be real, it's going to be, I mean, this is no disrespect, but it's the truth. I had said this to Sean Davis um, the other day, how when it comes to sports radio, there's a lot of white people that don't understand how privileged they are to be in those spots. They probably didn't play a lick of high school sports. Forget college. They probably didn't play a lick of high school sports. They ain't play no college. They ain't play no high school basketball, no high school football, no soccer, no badminton. All they did was hoop at gym and in their backyard at home. But but they gonna get they, you could get that kid right there, and then you could get. I'll throw a name out there. If Amari Sawyer, at the same age as some of these cats, was interested in doing sports media, and he ain't getting none of the trouble. High school star, all American, all those things. They gonna go with that white boy. They gonna go with the white boy. I don't know what it yeah. is when it comes to sports media, but. It's easier for a black person to get into sports media than it is the urban radio. Because you wow. don't have a like one, like, because one, where do you go 
when you don't have the mic at the studio. Like y'all, I get you. I get you. On, the, I get you. When y'all did the Regal Radio thing, and y'all had the site, y'all was y'all created a lane for y'all self where those stations had to pay attention to y'all. You forced yep. your way in by not really forcing your way in. You was like, I'm just going to do my own thing. It's hard to do that in urban radio, and I'm a perfect example for that because I did the WindyCityUnderground.com thing for five years, and then I had people in high places say that I won't hire him because I didn't make him. Mm. But I did make a name for myself where I didn't become an on-air personality, but I became a digital, a digital manager. And I'm staying there. I'm not doing that side no more. I, I found my lane. I found my call. And I found what I can do. But now I'm glad that I'm back home because I don't really have a plan to say, other than my podcast, of course. So Some Dude Pod with Mike B, uh, First Black Champ with Cam from the Port. Um, I'm helping Cam from the Port and Mike um, Mike Jones with Banging on Lunch Tables. Um, I'm talking to another, I'm talking to one of my old homies. I won't throw it out there now, but we might be reviving something that I did at WindyCityUnderground.com. But other than the podcast and stuff, man, I'm I'm free. I'm happy. I don't have to go to no rap shows and be <laughs> around rappers, even though it's cool. Like I ain't gotta do that no more. I ain't gotta, I ain't gotta host no shows and events. Like I'm good with that. Like I'm 39 years old with three kids and a wife. I'm trying to be around them and do these pods and 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 make money off of that. Anything like anything yeah. after that is really just like house money. Cause as we talked talked about before we had got on, like I'm too old to be with these cats at the at the listening party. I'm 40 years old at the listening party, listening to the newest selections from Polo G. <laughs> I'm I'm straight. I'm good on that. And I'm I'm very yeah. comfortable in that. I mean, and yes, you have other radio personalities who are older than me that be in them spots. But I'm not on those stations. So I don't have to do that. Like I'm comfortable with doing what I'm doing right now. And and I mean it the only thing that I might do is possibly try to teach again. Cause I think I was a dope teacher. And do my teaching. I have a nice tree that you on. All of the homies are on on the sports side, and then like people like Ricky Rampage, um, and my girl CC, and others on the urban radio side, and then Domati is in, on MTV. So yeah. like that's a tree that he's part of my tree. Like that's yeah. part of my tree, and I think I think that people people don't understand what we did. And I'm grouping you and everybody else into. I don't think people really understand what we did. And honestly, I don't think we really understand what we did. I don't think we've had the time to like just sit down and look. I'm still still trying to figure it out (laughs) sometimes. It's like, like, but it was a moment though. It was a moment. And when when we were all, when when y'all were doing what y'all were doing, on LaSalle and we were on State Street. We had people like every every weekend there was this there was this co I keep using the word coalesce, but it but people was coming to those studios for real shit and doing real shows that was rivaling what was on terrestrial radio. 
and what was on on satellite radio. Yeah. And like if, if if it was a fairer world, you know, it fair don't get you much in this world, but I think a lot more of us would be sort of getting a lot more attention than we do. But that's you no, know, that's just life. And you got to find things in life that satisfy you and, and you gotta find it's it's hard, but you gotta find those things that satisfy you and enrich you in in those connections often don't come in you know in that things that you most obsess about. Man, they look, come I from my, I found my wife in that building. Yeah. Like she was doing financial aid and I walked in the financial aid office and she we married. That's what that's what I said. Like you weren't like you didn't <laughs> that was it, it was it was a part of what you were doing, but it wasn't like it, it wasn't like you know you were doing your morning show and you know because you did the morning show you found her. you found her because you found her. Yep. And and that and that opened up so much to you in your life that you know has made you feel you know and I'm so happy that you feel the way that you feel now and that you you feel and you know happy and, yeah, and, and fulfilled. It's house, you know? it's, house, it's house money right now. But one 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 thing I will say is I think I'm more proud of the fact that how everybody is doing more than what I've done. Yeah. Because I knew I was going to do something. But I do feel like when I used to see y'all jump on the Jerry Payton joint on CLTV, I'd be like, yo, all right. Yo, okay. <laughs> it's lit. Or like when I used to see when I used to see cats doing night shows, because I pay attention, see cats doing night shows on on on, on the score. I, okay, they on. All right, let's go ahead and get it. See cats yeah. on TV, see cats, you know, on print, all these things. Like that's what that's what made me feel good because I was somewhat a part of y'all getting there. And yeah. and and that's always good enough for me. I'm never going to take the credit and be like, yo, I'm not going to be that guy and be like, yo, if it wasn't for me, but I know, I know I probably said something that you like, okay, I see what Bang was talking about right here. You've, I you, think you said a lot and you said, and you, 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 you showed an example through your hustle yeah. and, and the things that you did, man, they, like day in and day out, like you still, for me, I, I still really, like I always am impressed by the way that you can get to the heart of of a topic or or just something that can come something that can get and we we're gonna end the show. I'm just gonna like toss a few things at you like uh things that yeah. have come up in the news, but the way that you can just like take a topic and just throw it out at people and make engagement happen so naturally and you know have things have such great discussions come out of it. Like you really are like a, like a master at that, man. And I think, you know, that's why you, that's part of what you've been, why you've been doing what you've been doing, but you know, that type of thing is valued online and it really makes, it's made people's careers being able to do that. So. Yeah. I learned that from my uncles though. Just like what we had talked about earlier. Like my uncles would pull me in the room. I'm six years old. 
talking about politics and, and stuff that I probably had no business talking about, but I'm going back and forth <laughs> with them. So if, if I'm six years old going back and forth with 50-year-olds and they're allowing me to, come on, man. Yeah. That ain't nothing. I just try not to... I'm just moving away from the debate part of things. I've been moving away from that for a while. Like I think debate shows have messed us up. Mm. And it's funny because the 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 man who basically created the format um just got signed by the WWE. I just shared yeah, it I, page. I, like, is WWE I should know you knew that, yeah. Yeah, but like I try to move remove myself away from that type and just and try to make you think. That's why even when you listen, like if you listen to some dude pod, I'm I'm playing devil's advocate a lot just to make you think like is that really the route you want to go? Like, you know, think about it in this way. Like, I I hate standing, and I like that's why I get mad at J. Cole fans or stands. Like, because <laughs> like, like it's context to everything. And I think people miss a lot of context because they they want to be right. Like, get the context first. Like when homie said that J. Cole ain't never made no wax on, I was like, that's a lie. <laughs> and that's yeah, that's stupid. That's, that's, you, that's just not intelligent to think. Like, there's no, there's no right. artist who made nothing but good songs. Every yeah. artist has made wax up. Even Stevie Wonder had a song where he was like, "No, <laughs> no, right." Like, but now, nah, you, you thirty, you thirty plus years old, fam. Stop caping for rappers. Like, it's okay. Like, you're thirty. Is <laughs> well, let, not six. Let, let's start off with that, right? Let's start off with that right quick. I'm gonna do it quick because I had a rundown. Like I, I had a rundown. We could we could go another hour or two on these subjects, but I gotta I gotta just shoot through. But uh, like first off, what, what did you think of the call album? I actually thought it was good. And yeah, let's go. You know what? What are your thoughts on the call album? And, and what do you think? What did you think about the the response to it? I thought it was good. I I, I like. I mean, it's not. It's it's not like Born Sin is my favorite cold album. Um, followed by Four Seals Drive. So it started on the list. It was good. Um, I like I think it was the best rollout in the history of hip hop. I stand <laughs> on that. My man, my man do what he normally do, just pop up, say I'm releasing the album, and then he drops the album, but then he went to Africa and played basketball. Yeah. Okay, how bad he looked. He went to Africa and played basketball. And 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 then came back and then the interview with KD, like nah, that's the best rollout. How you drop an album was like, yo, I'm out on one after. So who? Yep. Nah, it, best rollout. You, you know what's crazy about Cole to me is good. What's crazy to Cole to me is that the music that he make, like this, is not. You see this happen more and more because of streaming in the streaming age, where you have like a record, a whole entire album all the, the songs chart. But, you know, Cole, all the songs on the album charted in the top 40, and, like, a few of them is top 10. But for him to make the music that he makes, I just don't understand, like, what it, like what is it about him that he installs in his fans that allows him to make the music that he makes and chart and do the, have the success that he has? And, like I said, it's not it's not the stuff that usually does that. I mean, really, only a couple people do that, like Drake and 
Cardi, you know, a couple people do that type of stuff because he knows you know, demo and he knows students. He knows his demo and he knows his fan base. That's why. Like yeah. he knows his demo, he knows we reaching, he knows his fan base. That, that all started when he doing when he started doing them dollar shows. Like he mm-hmm. know who he reaching. He ain't trying to do he ain't trying to do more than that. And they love him for that. So that's why. Yeah, it's it amazes me the connection, man. And and like you say, people, it, it's lasted for over a decade now. Because like you say, it's cats who are over thirty who who stand who, who stand and cape for him amazingly because they they've been listening to him since they were 18, 19 years old. They just got to stop that. They grown. <laughs> Thank you. They grown, man. Dave, what did you think about the, the joint right quick? I think the mixtape was good, but I listened to Forest Hill Drive right after it. And I, I think, I, you know, Forest Hill Drive just, I don't know, resonated with me. It's just a better finished product. I mean, I guess that's because this is a mixtape. And, of course, Forest Hill Drive isn't. The, you know, the mixtape, it, it started off a little choppy. It improved as it went along. I mean, you know, that's so, that was kind of my experience here. Um yeah. I mean, you know, but you already know I'm a harsh critic anyway, so I, I'm probably not the first. <laughs> you know, and the fact that there are people standing over J. Cole is a, is still a hard one for me. Um, I just can't. I just can't be online arguing about music like that, man. I just it's not even that, even with the people who I love. It's like I, I'm not gonna go there with y'all. He's he's. You know what I get into people fights with people arguing with people online for. It's like I don't know how it is for you guys, but like I, I, I follow the food, you know, posts, and like I see people that say like shits in Chicago, but it be in Lombard, and there's a certain group of people, and I ain't gonna name them out, that always do that shit. Like they'll like say, you know, they'll name a restaurant Chicago, or they say, oh, I was in Chicago, went to this restaurant, but it was in fucking Lombard, and for me, that's like I don't know. For me, that touches a nerve, and I'm like, Lombard is not fucking Chicago. Why do you keep call? You know, why do you keep trying to make the connection? Yeah, I mean, motherfuckers, you know, out here don't call Orange County, and Orange County don't say I live in Los Angeles. They say I live in Orange County. So it's just like it's the same difference in worlds. I mean, there's nothing in Lombard, you know, that makes you think about Chicago. People move to Lombard who are scared of Chicago, who don't want to fuck with people in Chicago. I mean, (laughs) and we honest about it. I mean, that's that's where you go when you want to be away from Chicago. Really? I think for most people, it's it's a shorthand, and and there's a red there's a ready identity that's there that doesn't come from saying that you're from Lombard or Downers Grove or whatever else you may be outside the city. I got you can you can brag on having the best school districts in the state. You can brag on not have to you know a lot of other shit. I mean, you know, don't you don't have to go and take you know I'm from Chicago or make a false association. I mean, I don't know, and that's just I don't. That's one of the so that's one of the few things I get into arguments online. But to your point, arguing over the best rapper, you know, I I definitely kind of stay away from those, especially no, because you never gonna you you never gonna come to a consensus on anything with it. No, and. And I think you should stand on somebody who's better than J. Cole. I think he he's improved. <laughs> and I mean, you, and Bang mentioned Boris Center. Like, Bor- like honestly, Boris Center felt like when he finally started to improve a little bit because he was like, like his first couple of albums was like in Kitty stage. Yeah, I felt like they were really. Like, I've rarely listened to anything of his before Boris Center. Like that was yeah. 
That was the first time I even really listened to him. Cause, and that was because of the Tribe track that he sampled with, with Lamar. So, you know, that's that's what that's what got me to listen to it. But yeah, he, but um, I, yeah, um, so but yeah, he improved, you know, I think from Born Center on, but the first two albums, I don't know, they, they felt very kid, not or to, to engender to younger people, even in him, the younger mm-hmm. crowd, yeah. But, but we, when you talk about stands though, Dave, it's it's all about when people, when artists hit people, because when you know. Like they like say, these these people who listen to Cole when they were, you know, eighteen or nineteen, and they were letting go of their hoop dreams, and they was listening to him rap about flunking out of St. John's or whatever. They was like, "Oh, that's my dude," you know. They they identify with him in such a way that, and and, they, and they've gone, they've grown up in certain ways with him too. So it's sort of like this. That's just that. This connection beyond just listening to an MC who was lasted and stuff, right? Well, you, you know? know what? Somebody, t- somebody, and my wife pointed this out. She mentioned like the people born in the first five years of being millennial, I guess 80 to 85, they call them what geriatric millennials, and I think that's where the line is. And sure. I think that like people like kind of the 35 and under crowd, they, 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 the mindset is a little bit different. Versus those who are like in the you know thirty six to forty age, and right. I think that's also a part of it because nigga, I listen you know like in college you know I love Kanye but I don't stand with him now. Uh, I mean, <laughs> he's done I mean, so much to to force you to not stand him. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. Oh, speak, oh. speaking of Kanye though, it seems that Kwame Brown may be just as much of on the right as Kanye is. Have you been up on that bang? Cause no, oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, every everybody, everybody. Yeah, yeah, it got repetitive. But the thing with him is that people started to look more into his YouTube page and see him doing interviews with like Sheriff Clark and all these <laughs> idiots and stuff. And like, <laughs> like he, he's wait he's, a minute, I ain't, I ain't went that far down the rabbit hole. He did an interview with Sheriff. David, uh, I believe <laughs> if it's not him, it's somebody like him. I know he, he did one with Judge Joe Brown. No, that's what I'm thinking about. That's what I'm thinking about. Oh, you scared that's me, what man. I'm If about. he did that, I will not. I was never gonna listen to Buddy ever again. I hate that man. <laughs> no, um, I, I mix Clark up with Joe Brown. My fault. But yeah, but, uh, he but he got uh, some man, shit like that though. I I said it on the pod this week. That I don't think I, I think we was fed a narrative about Kwame Brown, but the reason why we was fed that narrative is because of Michael Jordan. I don't think Michael Jordan was flat out telling people to be like, "Yo, talk about Kwame Brown." I think what it would, I think what it is, is when you drafted by the best player ever, and you're you're already gonna have a target on your back, but you already gonna be back. Your back is already gonna be against the wall because Michael Jordan drafted you. Now I've been new that Mike wanted Elton Brand. Like, because if you if you actually look back and think back, they were talking about Washington possibly trading that pick to the um to to the Bulls yeah. for Elton Brand. Like they had mentioned that, but then but then they was like Washington's gonna go with the pick. And then living in DC I found out how much Abe Poland and Michael Jordan didn't like each other at all. 
Like, oh, you yeah. would think it was yeah. a match made in heaven because they need to sell some tickets. But you'll find out, like, not only did A, Poland didn't like Michael Jordan, a lot of D.C. people hated Michael Jordan, too. And he's like, nah, you're doing too much, buddy. Get out of here. Like, they, one of my homies at the station was like, I know Michael Jordan, your man's, because he was with the Bulls and from Chicago. But, and I was like, damn, it's like that. <laughs> say all that to say this. We was fed a narrative that he was a bust. And I don't think he was a bust. I think he was serviceable. I think that you, I think it's levels. It's bust. Then you got that serviceable person that ain't quite six fouls, but they'll come up in there. They play some good defense. They give you a couple of rebounds. Yeah. Probably give you six to eight points. He you was a, he was destined to be a journeyman because he was he yeah, didn't have the that, heart you want to. That if you're number one, no, no, no. You don't want that as a number Do one you, pick. No. Yeah, you don't want that as your number one pick. However. However, he spent 13 years in the league. Why we the way we talked about that man, we supposed to be talking about Anthony Bennett and Michael Olawakande. Right. They get those are busts. I, I have no idea. Well, the reason why they get passes is because Michael Olawakande was drafted by Elgin Baylor and with the Clippers, who notoriously make bad picks. And the yeah. Clippers, I mean the, the Cavaliers drafted Anthony Bennett. We don't care. And that draft right. was terrible. But Kwame Brown. Oh, yeah, that whole draft was bad. Yeah, yeah that whole draft. But, but Kwame Brown gets drafted by Michael Jordan. Instant boom. With that being said, fam, you still was huff. Dang, nobody called, nobody said nothing about that man. Like, nobody said that man was a hoe. That, like, or nothing like that. They didn't disrespect him as a man, they just disrespected his basketball game. And he has to understand. <laughs> what, what do you think? What do you think about a cat going like Agent Orange over on the whole internet, like just snapping off like that? It was because yeah, like like the original stuff. Apparently, that he was responding to on the All the Smoke podcast wasn't that offensive, but it seemed like he more so he was responding to twenty years of being talked about. In the way that he doesn't appreciate yeah. being talked about. You see that movie with Michael Douglas? Uh, uh, Falling Down. <laughs> Falling Down, yep. That's it. Just one day. Just one day. It was something minor with that man that just triggered everything. That's, oh, that's, that's Kwame Brown. Just, just take his face and put it over Michael Douglas' face. That's why <laughs> with the short sleeve shirt and the glasses on. Yeah, with the short sleeve white shirt, like just Photoshop <laughs> him in the in the restaurant. Like, I just wanted a hamburger, but he got a machine gun. Just wanted a hamburger. <laughs> That's Kwame Brown. I watched the video today, and he he killing Stephen A. Smith because he wore the the HBCU pride joint. Talking about some, you won't be like us. Like fan, this man Stephen A. I ain't the biggest Stephen A. Smith person. But I know this man has been doing work with HBCUs for years, and he's from an HBCU, yeah. and he has helped yeah. out numerous African Americans in his business. Like, with that being said, like, I will feel some type of way about Stephen A. Smith too if he went on TV and called me a bona fide scrub. He he put together a a, a low light reel on him and just showed like five minutes of him being huff on the court. <laughs> you can't you can't argue tape, G. 
can't argue. Yeah. I've seen Stephen A. Smith hit more jumpers than Kwame Brown had. <laughs> That's but, tough. Yeah. The I think Bud's thing on him because of Mike. If he was drafted by some other team, we wouldn't even be talking about Kwame and had the same career. We would not be talking oh, yeah. about Kwame Brown the way that we talk about him now. Because if that's the case, we'll be talking about Michael Oluwakandi every day. Like this man, Quentin Richardson said, they found he he was already rich. He went to Pacific. To sow his royal oats, fam. He was like, he's like, like Eddie Murphy and Yeah, like, like yo, he came to he came to America to to experience life and went to Pacific University, and the coach saw him and was like, you know, you can play basketball. He was like, I can, and then he gets drafted by the Clippers, and he's hot. Yeah. Nobody yeah. talks about dude because he disappeared. Like nobody knows what Michael Olukandi had in London. Him. Yeah, they, they <laughs> yeah. This is that's a pretty sweet life when you think about it. Though he 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 made he made NBA money for a few years, got out, and nobody thinks of him to this day. Like, yeah. Okay, and went back home. They was like, "You played for the you played in the NBA?" Like, yeah, I played for the Clippers. Oh, I didn't even know it. Yeah, I didn't know it. I played for Boston and Minnesota too. Really? <laughs> Did you meet Larry Bird? Did I? Like. <laughs> like, was it? But nah, man. Kwame, Kwame just, Kwame just, just now on the tangent and hate everybody. And when he brought in Judge Joe Brown, I think that killed his whole momentum because Judge Joe Brown used that platform to to call Lizzo fat. Yeah, it, <laughs> like it, it's the way that they. The, I, it, uh, when I started talking about him being sort of on the right side of things, like. He he's he exhibits a lot of their traits, like this undying need to expose hypocrisy in other black folks and mm-hmm. attacking attacking overall positive figures for things that they can't really help themselves about. Like it is, you know, you got to you got to get off that shit, man. It, it, you know, I, I think Kwame's want to act like you know just because he supposedly got hands that you know he just gonna be able to say whatever he wants. You know, but it, I don't, it ain't going down like that. He, yeah, you know, yeah. Eventually, people gonna tune them out, just like they tuned them on for a week or two. They gonna tune them out. Yeah, he, it, that fifteen minutes is uh, is almost up. He he just need to bring in one right, one crazy black other black person mm-hmm. on that, and it's a wrap. Judge Joe Brown was the first one. If he just he got to bring in one more, and they gonna say something about how. This is supposed to be Black Music Month, but now it's Pride Month, and they, <laughs> right, right. they that's it. Once they once he brings somebody on to do that, it's right. Like, it's it Black Music Month, except for the queers, right? So, so somebody do that, it's a wrap. Next yeah. thing you know, next thing you know, he only gonna have the 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 craziest of the crazy on that. That's it. you know. You know, go ahead, Dave, I, right I was, yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, I think that you guys are missing one thing. I think that even if he was trashed and even if he made a lot of money, saying somebody is a you know a Huff basketball player, I mean, that's what is is attacking his core of what he is, you know, his identity is. At least for that time, and you know, when he was in the league, and I think so. I mean, whether he was, you know, whether he was 
well, whether he was Michael Jordan's pick, whatever the situation is, I mean, that's, I'm sure that fucks with him at well, the court. I mean, uh, oh, yeah. It, it does, it does. But there is <laughs> the thing with the thing with Kwame though is that he wasn't he wasn't like a Kobe obsessed basketball player. He was a guy who essentially played because he was a big guy. It doesn't and, matter. It, 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 but it's, I'm, I'm not saying I'm saying he. I think his identity is more about he ties more to his identity about being a man and being a certain kind of man who doesn't tolerate any disrespect. And I think. When when you when he took when when you talk bad about him in any way, he's gonna get his back up. And like I said, it had yeah, the basketball thing is big and the 20 years thing has been big too. Cause like I said, at a certain point, the you is you get a million straws on your back, that you know, your back gonna break. You know, and I agree, I agree with you. If somebody told me I was terrible for 20 years, I'll feel the type of way too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, there's no way I wouldn't. Every time I look on TV, they see you, man. Man, dude, it, imagine you at the bond, no nobody know who you are, <laughs> and they see some highlights. And man, remember that Kwame Brown, man, boy was he was the butt. He was the worst draft pick in NBA draft, and then they turn around, they see you with a drink in your hand, like man, that Kwame Brown. Like I feel the type of way too. It ain't like you can hide. It's not like you a little person. It ain't like yeah. you fight. And you ain't Chris Paul. You can't blend in and shit. You're seven feet tall. So right. You're not a regular looking person. Yeah. You identifiable. Yeah. Right. It's it's one of those things. It's one of those things where two things could be right at the same time. Like, yeah, he could feel a type of way for being called Huff, a, a Huff basketball player. <laughs> but you a Huff basketball player. Like, if he was, if he was. If he averaged twenty, if he averaged twenty a game, and let's put it like this, you got some people out here. The reason why I hate debate shows is that you have people that be out here and be like, "This man is terrible," and he averaged seventeen and seven. Yeah, this year, but like, he's terrible. That's me. I want to fight you. I want to fight you. Well, that, that's that's that gets to the heart of that what NBA Twitter. Has done to an online debate, like you said, has done to the people who observe the game of basketball. It, it's it, it, there's there's that we could we we have a whole sh- I could have a whole show on that, but but, but if uh, I average three point nine points per game, I can't use per forty eight hours to talk about like forty eight minutes. I can't use the per forty eight minutes to be like, man, if I would have got this amount of tick, I would have scored seventeen. No, nah. yeah. <laughs> it, it was it. I made $63 million. That's all I said. I was that exactly. terrible that they kept giving me contracts. Yeah, that that's like the, the other day on inside the NBA. Like, they, you know, Shaq and Chuck keep going back, go back and forth all the time. He was like, like, Shaq says, uh, Chuck says something about uh, Kazam. And uh, no, I, I forgot how to how that, but like, Shaq said something about Space Jam, and Chuck was like, "Well, we got an Oscar for that." And he said something about Kazam, and Shaq was like, "Well, I got twenty-two million dollars for that." I I think it's also a part of Kwame not being able to reinvent himself post getting out the league. I mean, he's been out the league eight years. I mean, I don't he has he hasn't done anything you know notable. I mean, well, he, been, he, he's, he's, he's he's going to be a loud mouth on. YouTube now. That's gonna be his. Hey man, subscribe, subscribe to the bus lab.
X channel and 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 donate. Yeah. Matter of fact, let me put the banner on. Oh man, it's going up. Yeah, donate. <laughs> Donations. Yeah. Donations. <laughs> Donations. Tell you, man, hey, when when Doctor when Doctor Uma jump on podcast <laughs> on bus life. Oh man. Well, yeah, I, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still. He, he still kills me with the grip money, though. That's that's when I just that's when I left my whole body. He said, "Just give me the grip money, and, and I will have the school open." Oh, I got I got one more person I want to bring up. Uh, All right, uh, uh, I guess a well-meaning but uh, sort of off. Black person that you know, why do people hate Lena Waithe so much? Bang, I don't know. I have, like, honestly, I have no. I, I, I have no, you stumped me on that one. <laughs> I have no clue. Like, I did not expect that. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. Like, I got mad at her for doing the first season of The Shot. Cause how you film that on the website? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I got an I got I got into an argument with one of the people on the show about that. Yeah, I don't know if we want to mention that because excuse me. Oh, sorry. God bless the dead. Unfortunately. Oh, I'm sorry. Damn. Anywho, dang. Well, look. I, I don't I that that made me mad and then hearing some of the slang words like made me mad like showtime I, and I told somebody we might not get real slang words from them till season three. <laughs> yeah we gotta prove this work. <laughs> but that I, that's how I quantified everything. Like, okay, maybe they gotta prove to showtime that this is gonna work. But then one of my homies from Baltimore. Was like nah, cause he had asked me. He's like, man, how you like the shine? I was like, man, it's hard getting into because of slang words. And 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 he was like, and I looked at him. He was like, nah, y'all don't talk like that. I was like, nah, and that's that's Holy <laughs> City where they filming that. That's the area on the west. That's the only area on the west side I don't like going. And they say that's the south side. Like, no, nah, that's disappointing. Like, give us our due. Yeah. And, we picked that shit apart like, too, cause the wire y'all picked. <laughs> Man, like you go look at the wire. The wire was authentic day one, and he was like, "Yeah, we did kill that the first season, though." But, but they was authentic. Like, matter of fact, one of my homies, one of my big homies, who's from Chicago, but moved out east to go to school, he shoot okay. somebody, and I think see, I think it was season the first episode of season three of the wire. He shoots a man. So that's Chicago history right here. The first part, I got to find an episode, but the first person to shoot somebody in one of the seasons from The Wire is really from Chicago. Oh, okay. Shout I got out it. to my man to kill. Okay. Shout out to my man to kill. However, that's you look at The Wire, it's authentic. They say two, all that stuff, like all of the Baltimore stuff, two and, and do and do. I, and I, wrote a, I, wrote, I wrote a paper. I wrote a paper in grad school on that. Talking about African American, what is it? Uh, vernacular English. Uh, when you made, when you did the Michael Che post, that's what I wanted to talk about, uh, Kyle. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I wrote a paper on AAVE, and I and I and I referenced Baltimore slang in it. Yeah, no. so that that term you used the term AAVE back then. The paper, yeah, AAVE. This was I don't know several years ago. Yeah, I mean it's been mm-hmm. around for a minute. Yeah, I kind of was with Shay on that. Like regular black folks, the the average black person doesn't know what AAVE is. Yeah, it, I it, know it's he not should. something that they're conscious about. And it's, yeah. you know, it's more of an online black person thing, you know, but, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, I, I think, you know, as far as that whole thing goes, what it stems from is that people just have to understand that black people do write on Saturday Night Live and like, you know, yeah, whether, like whether the, the skit, is, whether the sketch is, is brilliant or whack, you know, we we're not gonna be able to hide stuff like that from people, especially yeah, when we'll you have black folks working in in shows like that. Yeah, just be happy we're in those spaces. Like, shouts out to Chris Red. Yeah, I met Chris Red when he was a rapper, <laughs> and I almost fought his manager inside of the studio. But I, um, I met him as that, and then I never forget him saying that he was about to go the comedy route. Then he went to the comedy route. He was doing stuff, I think, with Trade of Chocolate Jock too. He had went to Second City, and and now he did. He, did he do any of them shows with you and Jay? Nah, nah, nah. He came to him. Okay. But I ain't put like Jay made them join. Like Jay put the people together. I was just getting my Russell Simmons on. God bless. <laughs> good night. Um, because I might be funny, but I'm not com- comedy funny. Right. And if I get on stage and don't nobody laugh at my joke, I might fight you. So. Yes, yes. Like I thought it was funny. Why you not gonna laugh? But, um, but like that's how I met him way before all of this stuff. So to see where he at now, like yo, that's dope. And we got you might not watch Saturday Night Live, but just to see a black person in a prime spot on Saturday Night Live, you celebrate that. And 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 more than that, I don't get my self esteem as a black person. From, from slang or like stuff like that is cool, but it's like, you know, if if white people are calling each other bro, that's so new. Like, you know, it's not it don't really matter much to me. You know, if if they call me, if anything, I'd be like, oh, okay, you used it right, right. <laughs> but but you do have a sense of pride when you're from a city and the show is about the city. And yeah, right, that's specific to yeah, yeah. Right. Like that's specificity is, is important right. on stuff like that. Fox had a show. Fox had the show with Dale Ray Lindo in it. He was an alderman or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. I remember that show. I forgot the name of it, but oh, they, God. they, they, it was a, it was a, a spot on Laramie and Lake, and they turned into a flower shop, and I immediately turned off the TV. I said, this ain't even gonna last. They're gonna flower shop on Laramie. Like, they they gonna put a flower shop on, on Lockwood on, on Laramie and, and Lake. You kidding me? Like, no, like, no, we're not doing that. They did the show with 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 T. Next is gonna be a, 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 a Apple store on Cicero. <laughs> Man, like, nah, that I I love the wire, especially knowing what I know now. I love the wire because the authenticity. Like they filmed in them areas and they didn't gloss it up. So yeah. like Amsterdam looks like that. Dodge needle, I, man. Dodge yeah. crack pipe. 
And I think I think that comes down to the filmmakers, and mm-hmm. you know, better people made the wire that made the shot. So that was, was sort a, of a, was a cop. Yeah, yeah David Simon was a cop. Like, uh, he about to well, Simon was a choice. Ed. Ed uh, his partner was a cop. David Simon worked for the Baltimore Sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he a journalist. Yeah. Ed Burns. Like, yeah, Ed Burns. Like, yeah, Ed, like imagine, like before. I'm gonna say this before we go. Imagine if they did a coming of age story on the west side of Chicago, and mm. it was legit on the west side of Chicago. It was legit either in Holy City, Londale, or the or Chicago Avenue and Lamb. You Austin, and they didn't gloss up nothing. They just was like, "Yo, get the cameras and let's go." Fam, do you know? And 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 they they learned they had people that that were legit actors. Like Idris Elba, please learn the lang- lingo. You know what I'm saying? But imagine <laughs> you like, and somebody just say Joe Merch, fam, on God, like you like this. And but it's an HBO, it's an HBO series. About yeah. three kids that grew up on Leclerc and Chicago Avenue, and and they grew up in all of this. Boom, boom, fam, I'm watching it every day. I don't care. I don't care if you don't like it. I'm gonna support it because I'm like, yeah. oh man, they going over here. They going over there. Oh, they did. They kept that. Like, oh, the bank right there, and they didn't even clean up the bank and make it a legit bank. Like they didn't gut it and be like, <laughs> oh, let's make this. The bank. No, we don't know what's in there. And then one of the kids go look and be like, "Hey man, y'all ever been in there? No, we don't know what's up in that fam." Like I'll, I'll be like, "Oh yeah, authentic." Yeah, man, like, it, it's, it sounds like, 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 like you might want. It like you might want to get your script right now, man. You know, we I've might, trying, we might get the treatment I've together. Trying, I've been trying. That's the hardest thing in the world. Because, again, you might write some things that you might think is funny, but then somebody read it and be like. Eh. Don't let that stop you from trying. Plenty oh, of people put out trash every motherfucking day. Oh, exactly. That's my 2022 goal. I have um, a, I have a script, bro. Please. Mm-hmm. The people who, people who put stuff out who end up writing it, it just be awful, but it, it get made so because they put it out. You're right, because they made that doggone show with Delroy Lindo as the alderman and they had a lot of shop on Lake and, and, and apparently, uh, going back to leading away for right quick, they made some show where uh, a, a woman, black woman, got raped and her baby got murdered in front of us. Um, um, that, uh, but no, that's you watched that show, Dave. Yeah, it started out, it started out so so it started out good. The show started like the first five, six episodes started and out then it pretty went off decent. The and then went off the rails. I ain't bothering with that. <laughs> I'm not bothering with that. It's all right. I mean, it's all right. It started out good. It, it was talking about something important. You and no one would ever know that Compton was Lily White at one point. You'd only known about Compton through NWA. And watching that show at least let me know about its history. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and then like after see episode five, six, it just goes way off the fucking rails. So. Yeah, I think the good the good thing about that, I think we I sort of mentioned that to you with Tech Day is that maybe it'll inspire someone to make a better production with those, you know, with those uh, themes to it or that story. You never gonna get perfect though. I mean, that's the whole irony. It's like it's only like so many shows that are really really good, like Godfather of Harlem, even though that has like limited, you know, truth elements of truth in it, is really really good. 
I mean, yeah. it's really hard to they find. They play shows. with history, but they they it, do it in a good way. Yeah. Right. It's it's hard to find shows like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, normally they end up fucking up something. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, let, let's let's start to wrap up. But one one more thing before we wrap up. I, I just want to throw <laughs> I just want to throw a couple names out and, and, and get your thoughts on them right quick, man. What uh New Jack. What what do you think about what you think of New Jack? <laughs> New Jack. New Jack is the black wrestling that made you thought wrestling was real. That's the best way of putting it. New Jack made you believe that wrestling was real and he was black. So that man was crazy. He entertained us. You watch the dark <laughs> side of the ring, you find out how crazy he was. And he really played that role. So that would be my joint on New Jack. And what about Paul Mooney? The most underrated black comedian of all time. He was, he was, he was the, he was the unsung of comedians. He was the comedian that, that gave you the boost. And it was probably to the detriment of his career. You know, as far as like popularity goes, because you writing for all of these amazing comedians and you never reach the level that they are. But the one thing that I learned about comedy is, is just because you have to stop thinking just because I'm not in a movie every week or I'm not on TV, that don't mean I'm successful. Because I think one of the good things about I think one of the good things about stand-up comedy and one of the things that make people feel good about being a stand-up comic is that I could go into any comedy club I want to and do my set and do me. And sometimes when you become a celebrity, you lose, like when you become a big time celebrity, you lose that edge. He never lost that edge. Like Kevin Hart was funniest, is all get out. But when you become the biggest and you do so much, you might lose that edge. Eddie Murphy dipped before he could lose that edge from stand up comedy. Um, Richard Pryor, you know, was big but he always had that edge he had to fight for that edge and he kept it and I think people and he had people like Paul Mooney so I think Paul Mooney the blessing about him and not being as big as what he could have been is that he never lost that edge that's well said that's well said Dave you got any thoughts on, on either of those guys well I mean so yeah New Jack I mean I don't know I think with New Jack it, I think that I think New Jack is just kind of endemic of everything, you know. When you the not, I don't say the first black, but when you the you know, is, but when you are when you you know the main black face in the room is just having to take things to extreme to be known, or that you know. I think that's and I think that's ultimately kind of what was the downfall of New Jack, just having to go be bigger or more extreme than anybody else so he could stand out. Um, and I, so that's kind of one of the downside about being the only guy in the room, um, and what, whatever industry you're in. And then I think with Paul Mooney, you know, to kind of piggyback on Bang's points is, yeah, he's a great comedian. But I don't know. If, I don't know when America would have been ready for Paul, Paul. I think Paul was ahead of his time. I think America was re- be ready for Paul now, but I don't know if America was ready for Paul, you know, the past. 30, 40 years. I mean, he couldn't say half of that shit or he'd have got censored. A lot of times he did get censored. But <laughs> shit yeah. So, you know, he just was ahead of his time for lack of a better term. 
Yeah, I, I, I named the show Unforgivable Blackness. This episode, <laughs> I think those two guys sort of encompass that idea in a lot of ways. But just the way that they, you know, society had a vendetta on them before they even knew it. But they they fought against it in the best way that they could. And, you know, sometimes it was to their detriment, but they always remained who they were. And, and you know, and they they weren't going to let go of that. And, you know, it's, it's best, you know, Mooney lived a long life, you know, for, you know, for, for our uh, calculations, you know, yeah, as black people. But, you know, New Jack didn't live as long a life, but he, he you know, he, he kind of lived a longer life than many would expect him to. As a wrestler, fit yeah, as, a, as a wrestler, as a wrestler, as a black man, as a as a fool who did the things that he did, he, yeah, he 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 lived, you know, living to see fifty or something. Another guy, right quick, who lived to see fifty was DMX. Bang! Did you hear the the Exodus album? Yeah, and it's like the Apollo. I'm not gonna boo it. Um, <laughs> it's like the gospel Apollo. I'm not gonna boo it. Um, my man might be made an interesting point though that got me to thinking that he can't think he knows I hate Party Up. I think Party Up is the worst rap song from a mainstream <laughs> rap art. Um wow. I'm not the biggest Rough Riders anthem guy either. I never was. When I had his dark and hell is high, I always used to skip that song. Um I get the love for both songs though, especially white people in Party Up. I understand. <laughs> it's just not for me. Yeah, I say all I of that to say this. Mike B said that the track record between the track record between Swiss Beats and DMX ain't the best. When you look at DMX's your favorite DMX songs, more than likely they're not produced by Swiss Beats. So a lot of Dame Grease is in right. There. A lot. That's why I said a lot of Dame Grease and PK. So he said that he felt like the that that it wasn't rushed because they said they was done with this album when they did verses. He said what he thinks should have happened is is that Swiss should have got with a lot more producers and not tried to do the majority of the production itself. Really go back to the essence of what DMX was, and that made me change my tune a bit because I was ready to crap on the album. But then I was like, he's dead. Why would I crack on the album? So not do it. Just don't boo it. This this is DMX. This is his last stand. But then when he said that, I was like, dang, he right. And that might be to the detriment of the album that Swiss did the bulk of the production. So I reeled it back in and was like, I blame Swiss then. And Salam Salam Rumi to Nas. He just kind of, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, yeah. Some of the, the yeah. His, as far as kind of the production issue, you know, issue is not the nece- necessarily the best relationship or connection always. Swiss, but Swiss can be kind of divisive, you know, and and you know, I guess he he felt, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, wanted to to ownership, you know, for lack of a better word, with DMX. So, you know, I don't know. It, I, 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 I haven't listened to the whole album. I only listened to a couple tracks, you know, but I'm going to check it out. But, uh, you know, God bless the dead <laughs> once again. I'll say that. And uh, God bless you guys. I appreciate you. We gonna, I'm going to leave it out. We we hit the two-hour mark, which was two times the amount of time that I was looking to do. 
with this show, but you know, it was we had a lot of good talk on this one. So I appreciate God I, damn I, Phoenix. I feel is good. The yes, God that is man. another thing. I we will be talking about that tomorrow on uh on my basketball show, uh, Running with War. LA just seems to be out. They, they just don't seem to have any posts anymore. That is wild. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we we'll talk more about that. Uh, you you check us tomorrow on uh, uh like I say here on uh, War on Anchor, uh, War on uh, YouTube, and all that. Keep checking us out for all that stuff. Bang man, appreciate you, bro. Uh, you know, let everybody know how to follow you online and stuff. And man, follow me at everything. JR Bang, follow some dude pod at some dude pod. First black champ at fbc.pod. And the Lakers are currently getting killed right now by the Phoenix Suns. That's the good thing. I, I don't like doing shows while these games are on, but a lot of them have been kind of whack. So, you know, if the game is whack, you know, you can always, you know, listen and watch our shows. You know, that's that's the good thing about that. But uh they need Kwame Brown. <laughs> they got it. They might they might do need Kwame Brown right now. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a good point, man. <laughs> yeah. But uh Dave, you got anything else to say, man, before I round this before I wrap us up? No, no I, oh Bane's gonna take me to the 80s uh you know wormhole before I start. Yeah, you're gonna do a deep dive into the deep 80s dive. celebrities now. Cause I didn't know about the six degrees of Trump. Um, <laughs> Kevin Bacon, that might have been another one who voted. <laughs> anyway, that's it for now, man. We'll be back next week with another in the building. Uh, thanks again to JR Bang. I hope he hope he's still on the line with us. But uh, yeah, me and Dave will be back next week in the building. Well, war. On Anchor, War Online, everywhere, we are the radio.com. That's the movement, y'all. Keep riding with us. JR Bang told you where we come from, you know, and, uh, you know, we, we still got a lot of ways to go. So keep following him, keep following us. And uh, in the meantime, we out. Peace.